I think theology is for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology. Unplugged. At High Roop, we hey. are... Hey, Tad. Hey, Michael. How are you, man? Good. Since we've we've already had our introductions earlier and our our backstage pass, let's uh, or our backstage conversation, let's uh, act like it's the first time we've seen each other. Yeah, hey, getting better looking. And uh, <laughs> you, uh, I, I went to that Operation Two Hundred today. Yeah, yeah. That's How did you find one. it? Because I, I googled Operation Two Hundred. <laughs> I mean, oh, did I? Well, I, I, but, <laughs> did I tell you about it? Yeah, yeah, we uh, talked about it because you because the name was from Operation Alphabet. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, I was gonna say I, I don't know how to find that right now. It's yeah, right. no, it's on YouTube, and that's where I found it. And uh, <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, yeah, you're a I, big fella. Eighty pounds now. That's crazy, man. From I mean, and I last week I started dieting, as you know, right? Yeah, yeah. But beforehand, I mean, it was seventy pounds. Just Wait, so this has only been a week. What? Yeah, this yeah. Has only been a week. Yeah, one week. 80 pounds in a week? Yeah, I lost, no, no, I lost 10 pounds this week. I, oh. Like, I was losing five pounds maybe every every couple of weeks whenever I started wearing my mask, just from wearing it. I don't know. I watched a video, this has nothing to do with theology, but I watched a video the other day about about uh, how much sleep has to do with fat burning. If you don't sleep, it doesn't burn fat. Just crazy. Man, I'm, I got to get into this CPAP thing or something because I'm, I'm just not, well, we got a new puppy uh named kenny and if i could find him i'll show him to you later but uh he's here kenny here kenny there he is he's a skipper key here look at this guy look at this <laughs> that's, he's gonna get a little bit bigger than that but not much <laughs> that is yeah, cute, looks that, like is a cute. that is a bat that looks like a bat, <laughs> bat. Did you hear that? yeah he's uh you ought to call him Bat. That's a good name. His name's Kenny. Uh, he's Bat to me. Hey, so I got a couple of questions real quick. Can we just jump into this? Yeah. Um, I've been I've, I've watched all your iPod or all your what do you call them podcasts? iPod. Uh, since like yeah, shut up. Come on. Since uh, about five this morning, and there was one that really struck me. That Jesus went to hell, and that was—I I need to know more about that. Actually. Wait a minute, I did a podcast about Jesus going to hell. Yeah, you and your guy, whatever his name was. So I'm kind of getting jealous of now because I've seen you two together so much. Hmm. Um, you were standing; it was in the Credo House, which that's got to come back. I mean, you've yeah. got to get that back. No, I didn't say he went to hell, did I? He was an angel, and you said that he might have gone down there just to. Proclaim victory. Yep. Huh. It's weird. I mean, that's not the view I take. I take the view. I mean, there is, there is a passage about that. Let me see if, hold on just a second. Yeah. In, in uh, first Peter, I think it's chapter three. Um, there's a passage about that. People interpret this way. Let's see here. What, what's that guy's name that you were used to do that stuff with? I, it's either Rome or, t- or well, Tim. I think what, who the other one, Tim. If it's at the Credo House, it was Tim. Okay. 
uh, let's see here. It's right here. It says uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, For Christ also died for our sins once for all, the just for the unjust. What a great passage, though, beside, beside itself. I mean, once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh and made alive in the spirit, in which, so in which the spirit, in his spirit, in which he also went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison. So immediately, so prison okay, would be that's that's the idea here. That's what okay. you would think possibly. Right. And then it said, who were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which few, that is eight persons, were brought to safety through the water. <clears throat> He's talking about baptism, the relation to baptism, but, but, um, it's either okay. You you got one view that says, and this is actually the, I, I think the historic Christian view because we have it in our creeds that Jesus went to hell, and it does say the word hell, and I'm not. I don't think it just means death. He went to death. I think I think to hell. I don't think he because I think what this is talking. This is the primary passage that everybody will use talking about. There's a couple others that kind of, but they're not even close to this. But um, Whenever Jesus says he died for our sins once for all, and then then in the spirit went to make proclamation to the spirits now in prison. Now you can either take it as him Jesus dying, and then his spirit going to make proclamation to these spirits that are now in prison. Maybe it's the angels that were that were disobedient in Genesis chapter six, because that's what started all Genesis chapter six, right before the flood. It shows that uh, angels from heaven saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and went and had sex with them and created, created the Nephilim and the Nephilim are the giants the, of the old days. And, <laughs> I know it's, it's all weird stuff. I, I mean, I actually really do believe it. I think there's a whole lot, that is behind this, that you can, you can substantiate it from the Bible, outside the Bible, everywhere, because every single ancient tradition has this same thing of giants. I mean, where do they come from? It's just, and it's the same. What was a giant back then? I mean, back then people are like four feet tall. So no, 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 I'm talking, I mean, they, they're the, we even have, you know, some measurements here in the Bible that talk about some of the descendants of them, like Goliath, who was, you know, nine foot tall, but these people are, you know, I mean, they're in, in, in let's say that aside to talk about Jesus. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> no, no, we can talk about that forever. That's a really good one. But, <laughs> but, um, but Jesus either at the time of his death went and made proclamation, let's say to all the people who had died before Jesus and hadn't heard the gospel and didn't believe in him. And he says, Hey, this is the reason why you're here. That's kind of the idea that a lot of people take. That he went make proclamation of victory and said, "I have, I have uh, uh, had victory over sin, over death, over Satan, and making proclamation to these people, telling them about his victory." I mean, I don't know why he do that uh, to the people that are already dead. Sound like Jesus, the one that I know. Yeah. Yeah, and well, man, already dead in I hell. Introduced myself. If you told me the last podcast that God introduced Himself to everybody, yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. so there's some people introduce Himself to the devil just to say, "Hey, like putting a flag in the, you know, like 
Well, that, that's, that's the idea that most people have. Some people even think he went down and made a proclamation to them, giving them a second chance. And so saying, okay, here's, you haven't heard about me. Here's what I did. And now you have your chance to be saved for the first time. I don't believe that either. I, I think it's the Bible says once to die, then to judgment. There's, this is too obscure of a passage to ever introduce some type of second chance theory. And there's all kinds of problems with that as well. Okay. But, but listen, listen, it says uh, in the days of Noah, he says, uh, who were once disobedient. So who are these people that he's talking to? It's the ones who were once disobedient in the uh, days of Noah when the patience of God kept waiting at the time of the ark. So basically, I don't think he went to hell. I think what hap- what this is talking about is that this is the actual time of Noah and the spirit of Christ, which, you know, is in the Old Testament. You've got the angel of the Lord. He's just not called Christ. He, Christ is existing in the Old Testament times, obviously, and he's active in the Old Testament times, obviously. And so in the Old Testament times, whenever Noah was, whenever the flood was coming and Noah was preaching or telling people about it, trying to get people to, to straighten up or at least get on the boat with them, um, this is the, the, he's speaking through the spirit of Christ. Christ is proclaiming through Noah. That's what I think this is saying. And so it is, it is, uh, Jesus not, went to hell. huh? We're going to end up with this Jesus going to hell. No, no, no. I, I don't. I, listen, I don't even think hell exists right now. I mean, why would hell exist? There has not been a judgment. Right now, people are just in some type of waiting place. I don't know. Whenever they die, maybe they stay where they're at and their ghosts are just waiting. I mean, all kinds of stuff that goes on with that kind of stuff, too. You know, people and uh, ghost hunting and there's legitimacy to a lot of that stuff. It's crazy. You ghosts? Yeah, ghosts. I mean, of course there's ghosts. No, but people don't cease to exist whenever they die. So they're either in some holding tank or in hell or heaven or just here. I mean, just waiting around doing nothing. Um, but we don't know. It's another podcast that um, said, uh, my phone's going, that's about angels having free will. Have we talked about this? No, but, but, but wait a minute. Do you see what I'm saying here about hell? Yeah. Well, I don't let, understand. Let, let, me, let, me, let me finish this part. Okay? okay. Listen, listen. In Revelation, it says, Revelation chapter 20, or 20, 21. 21. It 21. says, Good. the dead in Christ, or the dead in Christ rise, uh, we're already in heaven. That's First Thessalonians. But in Revelation chapter 21, it says that the, the sea gives up his dead. All the dead will rise. So, all the dead will be before God and the books will be opened. And that is the time of judgment. And basically you're either, you're either stand before God and you say, I want Christ to take my punishment or I've had Christ take my punishment, or I want to stand on my own before you. And all the people that are judged are not those who are in Christ. You and I who have trusted Christ, we stand behind God uh, in, in a, you know, figurative sense we're behind him we're protected by him but all the people who never trusted christ say i will take my own judgment give me you know whatever it goes i stand on my own and god opens the books and judges them according to their works that's what it says right now then then i mean why would god send people to hell before he has judged them I mean, it's it's no, not. But when so when when does he judge after they die or while you're living? 
Come on. No, this is this is future. This is a one-time event in the future after there's a new Earth create or all of Earth is is basically. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I'm so tired. Come here, little puppy. Yeah, but he, he's a judgment. Judgment is a one-time event in the future. It's a what? It's a one-time event in the future. Okay. Okay. So the judgment happens, and then hell, and then hell is created. That's my view. I mean, I could be wrong. There could be a hell right now. Yeah, I could be wrong. Jesus could have gone to hell and made proclamation to him and said, "Hey, I made victory, and I, I uh, died on the cross and rose from the dead and beated beat Satan, and you made the wrong choice." I don't know, but I, I think this best fits within a fully systematic theology that Jesus was just preaching through the spirit of Noah. In the days of Noah, that's what this is talking about. So he didn't go to hell. And I don't even think hell exists. I know people bring up the rich man and Lazarus, but I don't think that that's what that's talking about. I think that's just talking about the end times. The rich man and Lazarus is a really good story about, about a man going to hell. And while in hell saying, hey, somebody over there looking across the chasm to heaven and saying, somebody help me. I think it's very figurative. I think it's uh, you know talking about the very last time whenever how bad hell is going to be and how you cannot get out of hell once you're there. That's the rich man and Lazarus. And it's just ultimate ends, not, not, uh, 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 ends that we're talking about right now. Like after you die, the, the in-between state. Okay. So what do you think if, if there is no, if you don't, apparently the last time I think you told me, or maybe I watched this this morning, you don't believe in the word, uh, like there is no Lucifer. There's no what? Lucifer, yeah. You called him Satan. You didn't like the word Lucifer for some reason. Yeah. And um, so, do you think free will gives us the right to make bad decisions, or do you think it's the devil that's giving us bad decisions, or why do we make? You know, you see where I'm going with this. Why do we? Why do we sin? Is that it? Yeah. Perfect. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Know. But I, I mean, but you know, everybody will say, "What's oh, the devil? It's the devil." And yet, no, no. I mean, I, I think there's, uh, I think there's three things. I think there is the devil, the world around us, and our own personal inclinations. So all three of these come into play, and the in, influence around us is big. Satan is big in his uh, influence on us. Uh, so I don't know how. There's just not a hell. Where does he live? No, there is a Satan, yeah, and Satan doesn't. I mean, he's certainly not in hell. He's well, not like where, the so he's he not go? like the king of hell, like people what? make it out to be. So where's his? Where's he reside? I don't. I don't know where he's at right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably in some place that is uh, meaningful. That he is, you know, attempting to have some type of big picture plan and trying to orchestrate things. I don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, he's probably never even heard my name. Well, he probably met us in Phoenix. Huh? He probably met us in Phoenix. No, he didn't need to meet us in Phoenix. We were doing it well on our own. <laughs> he, yeah. he, just, he, he probably doesn't bother the people that are really uh, screwing up pretty bad. They're already they're already on their on their way to hell. I was uh, I was telling Rhonda the other day, and, and we'll get back to this, but this just popped in my mind. <clears throat> when I would, I'd be at that bar, the dugout that we'd go to, or I would not the dugout, but. Uh, Anyway, it was one of them. Well, I'd be playing pool, and you'd come up with some new album, whether it was Pearl Jam, 
a, a new U2 album and you'd walk in there and whether I was playing pool or talking to a girl, I'd stop everything, go to your car. You'd make me read the liner notes and the whole song. And then I would just stop everything I was doing and just listen. That's respect, brother. But uh, I mean, we sat there in the parking lot and then when Braveheart came out, you go, dude, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. It was like, I know, dude. I'm obsessive. I'm an obsessive person. Yeah, but I love that. I am too. And I get, that's why it gets you so well. <laughs> if you say it's a big deal, I'm like, I drop everything and let's just go. Let's just do it. Yeah, that. Uh, I, do, I do remember that day listening to Octoon Baby out in the parking lot of um, Henry Hudson's. Henry Hudson's. That's yeah. Henry Hudson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, we, that's where we also listened to. Uh, even flow for the first time. For I remember time. that too. I remember that. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. I just thought that was a. I've dropped everything for you forever, but uh, it's just re, it's respect. And so, but okay. So you don't think the devil has a home right now? Um, no, no. I don't think it. I don't think hell exists. I think he's just in the world. I mean, he was cast down to the world, and he's been on the world. I mean him and all the his minions all the, the demons that fell along i you know it's here's the deal about this stuff is that god gives us a little bits and pieces i mean he he tells us the bible is a understanding of soteriological history meaning it just is about redemption our fall and redemption and it, it, there's all kinds of things that are in the background going on that are we're just made aware of, but we're not given the details of. And the problem is sometimes we fill that out too much and we try to, you know, put Satan in hell and make uh, see what he looks like. And his demons are under him and, you know, they're they're super smart and doing all that. We don't know that much. All we know is that there is evil in this world. They are conscious they have rebelled against God and they don't want him to succeed here on the earth. And so they are influences, but we can't tell ever really whether they are the ones that are influencing us at a particular time. It could be our own self, our own flesh, or it could be our own influences and the outside world, but it could also be, if I can say it this way, you know, Satan whispering in our ear or a demon whispering in our ear. Uh, those that does happen, in some way, there are influences, there are evil influences out there that are attempting to thwart God's plan. And if you are attempting to follow God, that is something they don't want. I mean, look, look at the very first one of her, one of her, um, Cain killed Abel, Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's sons, Cain killed Abel. And he said, he said, evil is crouching at the door looking for a way to get you that's what god said to cain and that's what it is to us as well it's it's evil is hiding and waiting and there's some consciousness that is trying to make us fall you've got satan in the garden you've got the snake in the garden that started this uh, started the temptation now uh, adam and eve had free will they, they obviously should not have done that but that was an influence. That, that was an influence for them whenever they had no previous influences. They had no 
parents, no society, no culture, no upbringing that would have led them towards sin. So Satan had a big part in the original sin. And that's why the curse came. And, you know, Satan was cursed. And that's where Christ was first introduced. Do they say hell in the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's the word Hades. It's the word Sheol. It's the word Gehenna. Those words are all kind of. Uh, uh, Gehenna is probably the most definite way we think of hell. Hades is more like the place of the dead. Just we don't know. It's a mysterious place where everybody goes whenever they die. So, yeah, I mean, it's talked about a lot. Christ talks about hell a lot. I mean, a whole lot. So, do you believe in purgatory? No, no, purgatory is a purgatory is something that is introduced in order to get people to a state of perfection that die in imperfection. Whenever you and I die, we're going to be imperfect still, right? I don't know. Well, we will. will. I mean, even Paul said uh, that he hasn't st- reached perfection whenever he talks about this. he He's still a sinner. He still fails. We're going to die still failures in our own flesh. We're going we're gonna to try to get as good as we can. You know, hopefully God moves within our lives and we change and we're better whenever we die than we are right now. But we're going to die in a state of imperfection. And then the idea is how do we stand before God as imperfect beings? And there was a, there's a, place introduced that says well there must be some place that we go to beforehand and we clean up it's kind of like it's kind of like washing up before dinner that's what the roman catholics will say um you have all of this dirtiness you still have on you You, you're dirty whenever you die you have to take a bath before you get to heaven purgatory is that bath okay there's no reason to think that's there, though. I mean, there's nothing in the Bible about it. I mean, are Catholics the only one that believe in purgatory? Um, Eastern Orthodox do not. Catholics are the only ones. Yeah. I've grown up my whole life scared of purgatory. Well, <laughs> in, the, in the mortal sense, and you call it a different word, but the way that I was raised and all the schools I went to that were Catholic, it was mortal and immortal. And, and the last time we talked about that, you called it a different mini. You called it menial, venial, venial, venial. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was taught it was immortal. It was mortal and immortal, hmm. and um, that's how I was taught, and that's what I've known my whole life. The and two types of sins. Yeah, that's it. There's only yeah. two. There's only two, but and then there's purgatory, and purgatory scared the shit out of. Well, did. I was like, dude, because you could be in purgatory until God decides to say, hey, man, okay, now you've, you've paid your penance, you know, because we have the rosary and stuff like that. You got to pay your penance, and that's a purgatory for. And when you've done that to his judgment, then you get to, you know, then you get to kind of cruise on up to heaven. But uh, until then, you're just stuck in purgatory. But I don't know if the earth is purgatory. I don't, maybe I'm living in purgatory right now. I don't know. You know, I've never died before. So, uh, and this is what we're going to talk about anyway, later on, or just in a minute. The afterlife. You know, I told you I watched that movie. And um, with Robin Williams in it. Yeah. That's, um, so we have a choice to come back when we're in heaven, or we get to come back. 
because at the end of that movie, it was, I don't know if he's, I, I sent you that, um, that link. I don't know if you watched it, but it was, he's talking to his wife that had died up in heaven. And he said, do you want to go back down or something like that? And then they met again because I guess they were soulmates. We talked about soul a couple, couple podcasts mm-hmm. ago. Uh, and they met again. <clears throat> but I was just curious what your thought is on uh, you're coming back after having you get to pick if I want to come back or what if I just like having enough, I want to stay there for a little while. No, I mean, you don't have a choice. I mean, Hebrews chapter nine says uh, it is appointed to every man once to die and then comes the judgment. So you're only, I mean, it's just the one chance we have here and our spirit goes to heaven awaiting the resurrection of our body. We don't come back down. We don't have a choice to come back down. It is final. This is it, bro. I mean, this is, this is the only life we have. And you know, there, there's not a what's the afterlife. Huh? What's the afterlife? <laughs> you're, ta- you're, you're asking questions again, these things that are, well, I can tell you there is an afterlife. I can tell you that, Whenever we die, it is better to be with Christ. I can tell you what Paul says whenever he says um, that he would rather die and be with Christ, but it's necessary for me to stay with you. The whole idea here is that we know that our spirits leave our bodies and we, like like Paul says, um, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if you're a believer, you die. All I can tell you right now is you're present with the Lord and it's better. And it is a conscious state. It is not a state of, you know, nirvana where everybody comes together. You are an individual. I don't know if you have hands. I don't know if you have hair. I don't know if you can look in a mirror and see yourself. I don't know what a spirit is, really. I mean, nobody does. We just assume uh, the best we can. It's something that is conscious, something that is to some degree, you know, able to, to interact but uh, heaven is a mystery right now. The in-between state, this is called the intermediate state, because heaven, in a sense, heaven isn't really... The new earth or the new world. You, you, you quit saying heaven a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever I'm talking about heaven as you think of it, most people think of heaven as just the eternal state where we're going to be at, the eternal bliss, the, the time in which there'll be no more sin, no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow, the, what uh, Revelation talks about. And that is true. That is, you can call that heaven, but that is not what we go to whenever we die. Whenever we die, we go to an intermediate state. Now, if you want to call that heaven too, that's fine. But ultimately, heaven is the new earth. Ultimately, heaven is God is going to wipe away everything that's gone, uh, that's here, and recreate the earth because he's he's sticking with his original plan. Whenever he created Adam and Eve and created the earth, and they sinned ten minutes later, he didn't say, "Oh man, let's let's don't do this anymore." He still has the same plan he had at the very beginning, a earth where we are here and we are working and we are doing our, we are, you're going to be, everybody's going to be really surprised. There's going to be two things you're going to be surprised at about heaven, about what it's like. Number one, how, how, what it feels like to be without sin. That's going to be a surprise. I mean, we've never had that without the temptations and without the, uh, at least the compulsion to do it or the action to do it without sin without our sin nature, but we're also going to be surprised about how similar the new earth is. We're going to be living, I mean, we may be doing podcasts like this in heaven. I, I am not kidding one bit. 
that there's no reason to think that what we're doing right here is a result of the sinful state. There may be cars, there may be vehicles, there may be space exploration, there may be everything else. God will be there. We will be without sin, but it's not as if he's going to tell us everything. Part of the great human experience is our learning, our interaction, the relationships we have, working, achievements, uh, just everything that we have down here we enjoy and we love because we're created in the image of God, uh, we will still we will still have that in heaven. So it's not going to be like this ethereal bliss. You know, it's going to be very down to earth. We won't be able to defy gravity. We won't be able to fly because we're in heaven. Where gravity is not a result of sin. You God, think we need God in heaven? Well, of course, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is Jesus is actually in his physical body still in the intermediate state or in heaven. You can call heaven. Here, here's a good way to look at heaven. Okay, listen to this. Heaven is the place that God resides right now. He is in an intermediate state that we go to later. He will be on the new earth because it says in Revelation chapter 21, behold, the the dwelling of God has come down to earth. And so God will be on the earth. So that heaven is heaven on earth, basically, if you can put it that way. So you can say heaven is the place where God resides. Although, I mean, can you hear my dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where His presence resides. That's a sharp bark. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's my fault. Do you uh, see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? No, I get that, and I like that, and it, it, it's kind of comforting, actually. What, um, but the, how the earth is going to be pressure off, you know, that, um, I'm going to, it's like, I'm not, it's not going to be, it, it takes it to where it's not going to be so mysterious of what heaven's going to be like, you know, because you got so many people telling you different things about what heaven's going to be. And it's almost like, don't take, well, I'm going to say it anyway, if I could, what, like I was thinking, it's just going to be all complete worship all the time, and like heaven kind of takes the fun out of living. You know what I mean? I, mean, I was taught that too. I was. <laughs> I mean, I was taught you. It's going to be twenty four seven bowing before God, yeah, singing. Exactly. Me too. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay. Well, that doesn't. I sound don't want to go to heaven. Hell sounds more fun. I told somebody about that one time. I said that does not sound fun. And he said, but once you get to heaven, it will. And I go, okay. I accepted that for a long time. You know, I was like, okay, we'll just change in heaven. And then I came to realize, you know, wait a minute. If I'm going to enjoy that in heaven, it's not going to be me. It's going to be somebody else because I don't enjoy those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it would have to, I'd have to be transformed into something else that doesn't have any inclinations like that at all. Man, I, I mean, it's not as if I don't enjoy singing. So, I mean, it, it's, I just don't want to be sitting there 24-7 like they told me before like the Lord of Christ. That's boring. The Buddha, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm yeah, out. yeah. I'm well, that's, that's a horrible view, though. It's so unbiblical. I mean, the Bible, clear. Christ told this parable of, of how you invest your things here on the earth. And basically what he said was he gave some investment to one person. A person gave... Um, $10 to one person, $20 to another person, and $100 to another person. The $10 guy went and hid the money and saved it for him. The $20 guy invested it and got more. The $100 guy invested it and even got more. And then God basically says, that's what I've given you. I've given you guys 
things to use here on the earth. You, yourself, your talents, your everything who you are is an investment. And how do you use it? And the people who who uh, invested well, Christ said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now I'm going to make you in charge over many cities or many, many uh, uh I'm going to make you in charge over much, many, much things. So basically, what that is saying is, we're going to have jobs in heaven. Yeah, I, and so, told me that forever. But yeah, stop, yeah. I mean, stop, hold on, pause. Do you remember why you got into seminary? What your thought was when you were at uh, OSU Tech? And it, it's the same thing that you just said. And this has been your, uh, this has been your vision the whole time was. If you invest, you know, if one out of one of us die, you know, like we're not getting out of this alive. But yeah. you told me this in your car. You yeah. said if one out of one of us die. Why wouldn't I, and and we're investments are investments, like you were just talking about. Why wouldn't I invest a hundred percent of my life to God? Yeah, yeah. I was it, with you that day. It was a, it was a revelation. Yeah, I can't even told you about it, but. I remember where I was at, you know, it was over there off of the lake road. By, yeah, by, I was right. I was with you. You weren't with me. I was on my way was home from OSU Tech. Who you asked? Yeah, I was. <laughs> okay. Okay. But anyway, anyway, no, no, I did think that I, here, here's what I thought. I mean, it was a turning point in my life because it was, you, you know how it was. It was always, well, we were together. I'm, I'm turning myself over to the Lord. I'm doing everything right now. And you, all you and all my friends would be like, yeah, yeah, right. We'll see you at the bar tomorrow night, you know. And I'd say, no, I'm not going. And you know, I quit this time. And and you know, I never could quit. I kept on coming back, coming back, coming back. But you no, know, sorry. there was a progression in me, and a progression of understanding. And and you know, obviously, God was working, and I, I was I was studying, and I was trying to understand it all. And then finally, it was just like a light came on whenever I was on my way home, and I just said, wait a minute. If this is true, it's worth everything. Yeah. And then I, you know, I thought, wait a minute, do I, do I believe it's true? Do I really believe it's true now? And this is whenever I'd been going to that guy, Chet Lackey, who taught yeah, me. That's right. I remember Chet. Yeah. Defended the faith and sure. taught yeah. me all this apologetics. And it was like, in my mind, I was like, this is all, this stuff is really true. I believed it all my life, but this is really true. I can't believe yeah. it's really yeah. true. Chet was a big deal to you. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I met him a few times. Yeah. Yeah. He was a good anyway. guy. God took him too early. Yeah, well, only the good die young, you know. Yeah. So, uh, am I? You, gonna... got, you know, he was about my age now. That's crazy. I know. Crazy. I think he was fifty-two. That's crazy. I'm fifty-two. So I get to see my dad again and your dad again when I get to heaven. I don't know how it happens when, right when we die in the intermediate state. You know, people say that whenever you die, all the people meet you. Let me tell you the only reason I might believe that, not because the Bible says it. I mean, there's there's one passage that kind of implies that maybe, but um, but because of near death experiences, I mean, real life near death experiences where people have died and come back and tell, and pretty much no matter what happens around the world, whenever it happens, people tell the same stories, and whenever you have that, I mean, that's scientific evidence that whatever is happening, there's something happening after they die, and if they're all seeing a tunnel, and if they're all coming to loved ones being welcomed by loved ones um you know you could say well it's it's just societal influence that that happens and i think to some degree that may be true but 
something's happening. People's people are completely are brain there, dead. There are and they're having near death experiences. And I mean, this is this is, you can look this up. There is a there is an academy of study of near death experiences now. That's not Christian. That's not religious. No, but I've got a friend. I don't know if you know him. Uh, you know my buddy Ford. I've, you've talked about him before. He uh, he died three times, and he was out for five minutes, seven minutes at one point. Yeah, I saw his great grandpa, his grandpa, and his dad. Really, I had a conversation with him, and uh, they they had to cut him out of a car, and he was dead, like pronounced dead. Wow. And um, I'm just curious if with your new world, if I mean, are, what are, they're up there waiting on us, or they're are they, do you have jobs right now? Are they doing all that kind of stuff too? I don't know what they're doing right now. Uh, I mean, it's, man, it's one of those things. I, I really, yeah, they're doing something. I'm sure. I, I just don't know. There's nothing in the Bible. I, everything I would say right now would be speculation. I don't know if they have a body. I don't know if they have a temporary body. I don't know what they if they if you can if they can see if they have eyes. I, I have no idea. All yeah. I know is this: this is the only thing I can say for sure is that. To be with the Lord is better than to be here, Paul says. We want our body. We need our body. We don't exist well without our body. That's why the resurrection happens. God created us for having a body. We do, we're not meant to exist as spiritual beings. That The spirit is ripped out of our body. It's a part of who we are, and it's not supposed to be ripped out. But since death happened, since sin happened, it has to be to preserve us. And so the spirit is basically our essential preservation, going to be with the Lord, waiting to get our bodies back. And we will want, we, I, I know this, I know that whenever we are in heaven, we will be excited about getting our bodies back and getting back in the earth because we don't exist well without a body. So I don't, that's all I know. I'll talk to you next time. I love you, Michael. All right, bro. See you, man. Yeah, that, that was a quick end. Well, I got to think about this stuff. You know, <laughs> All right. I think it was a good conversation. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. What do you mean by that? <laughs> that was good. It was good. Like I like say, like I said last time, you always take that wrong. You always think, you know, I'm thinking, I, I mean, I got to think about it myself, you know? I'm staring right at you. You got that gray hair out there on the corner. Right yep. 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 I got a lot of it, man. Yeah, it's going. It's it's making yeah. its way up. It's making its way. Okay, well, I'm heading to the pool. All right, see you, boy.